Hey, people of the internet. It is time for scary stories from before bed. And it's actually 6.57 a.m. here and I haven't slept yet. I'm gonna die, I swear. <sighs> but, um, I'm gonna read my usual one thing from Two Sentence Horror and then my usual from short scary stories so I'm going into reddit and all that crap come on uh <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> my friend sent me a link to r slash bitch and I was just like Bleh. okay I actually get notifications from Two Sentence Horror, so here we go. As the scientists scoured every nook and cranny hiding within the Marianas Trench, searching for anything of significance, one of them grabbed an ancient algae-covered tablet that was dated year 520. It read, The sinister ones have finally gone to rest under these watery depths. But God help the souls that are still alive when they wake up, when they awaken from their 15,000 year rest. AKA, if y'all don't get it, it's 15,000, it's dated 520, 2020. So we did. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if 2023 zombies at us next. <laughs> Just God. Well, no, I'm not doing it. <clears throat> okay, now for a short... Now for our first short scary story. And these are ones that I haven't read before, so these are my honest to God reactions. Okay. Oh wait, I forgot to tell you what this one's this one's by. This story is by you slash pretty underscore creepy. Confession. You okay, buddy? Yeah. You sure? You're breathing heavy. I'm okay. Good. Relax. It'll go quicker that way. To start, I just need some basic information. Basic? Simple things. Okay. Let's start with an easy one. What's your name? Roy. Roy what? Fromier. Well, Mr. Fromier, how old are you? Sixteen. Go to school? No. Why not? Then I just don't. Live alone? No. You live with your mother and your brother Bill, don't you? Yeah. Good, good. You're doing fine. But now I need to ask some harder questions, okay? Can you handle that? Yeah. Good boy. Your brother Bill's in some hot water, isn't he? He's been accused of something bad. Accused? He did something bad to that little girl, Jenny Connor. Oh. To be frank, Mr. Vermeer, I think you might know something about that. That's why you're here today. I think you have a story about Bill and that little girl. I... 
Don't be shy. I... Relax, you aren't in any trouble. Just answer me on one question. Do you see Bill take Jenny into the woods? I didn't see him. Really? I saw Jenny. Bill was home. You say you saw Jenny going to into the woods, but Bill was home? Was at home? Yeah. Mr. Frommier, I find that a wee bit hard to believe. You know we found Bill's jacket in those woods. We found his jacket sewed in about a pint of blood. Jenny's blood. We found her too. Funny enough, she was a few, few it was just a few yards away. We took some pictures. Wanna see? Pictures? Of the body. Wanna see? No. No, I expect you don't. They're not pretty, but nevertheless, they beg the question. What was Jenny's blood doing on Bill's jacket? Why do a dozen witnesses claim to see, have seen them leave together from the football game? Witnesses? Mr. Premier, I know you followed them from the field. We have, them on, we have it on CCTV. So I ask you again, did you see Bill take Jenny into the woods? I... Did you? I didn't. I think you're lying. Bill was home. We all go... To get, we go together from football. Bill said, take Jenny home. You took Jenny? It was cold. Bill said, take Jenny and take my jacket. I said, let's go to the woods. Jenny said no. It made me mad. I pushed her. She hurt her head. What? I hit her in the woods. I was scared. I didn't want trouble. She woke up. She was mad and screaming, so I hit her. I hit her, so she shut up. And the jacket? Jacket? Bill's jacket. I hit it. Where? Under my bed. Christ. No, not under your bed. Think for once. In your life. Fucking think. You hid in the woods. I hid in the woods. Yeah, don't forget. It's important. Sorry. When they ask for real, you have to remember. I'm sorry for yelling. I hate seeing you made a fool of us all. I know, Bill. Holy crap! That was one heck of a twist. I'm sorry, but I just freaking died. Okay, this one's Birthday Girl by you slash Gasha underscore 293. Good morning, sunshine. Time to wake up. I opened my eyes. I see Nurse Judy, ready to give me my morning injection. I sit on the bed and roll up my pajama sleeves. I feel the needle under my skin and the medication flowing inside my veins. The nurse gives me a wide smile. Good girl, you can go to the canteen now and have breakfast with your friends. Friends? I don't have any friends. I don't have friends here. My friends are almost 60 miles away from me, enjoying life, learning new stuff, making out at parties, certainly not spending their youth in a psychiatric ward. My parents put me there. It was after another anxiety attack at school. I lost control and tried to do something stupid. Now everything seems stupid to me. I passed by Nutsy Nora's room. Her yelling is impossible to ignore. She keeps screaming, Kelly and Jenna, over and over again. Whatever these names mean, I see two doctors rushing into her room. 
with a set of tranquilizers. This place is full of people like her. I don't think I belong here. I enter the canteen and hear loud, SURPRISE! I look around and see other patients gathered around a cake with a number of candles, one and seven, and an inscription. Happy birthday, Robin! Right. It's my 17th birthday. Yay. I totally forgot. I force myself to smile and blow the candles. The cake tastes like soap or cough syrup. I hide both candles in my pocket when nobody's watching. Guess it's the only gift I can count on today. I stop one of the nurses on the way back to my room. I ask if my parents are going to see me. She shrugs and walks away without saying a word. Bitch. As I lay in bed, I stretch my arms and look at my hands. They look so weird. So damn weird. Maybe it's a side effect of one of those medications. Nurse Judy interrupts my contemplation. She storms in with an afternoon dosage of pills. How are you? F how are you feeling, my dear? Did you like the birthday surprise? She asks with that annoyingly sweet smile. Yeah, I forgot today's the the day. She takes my hand. She takes my hand and says, "Oh, don't worry, darling. It happens to everybody." As she holds my hand, I ask her why my skin looks so strange. Nurse Judy gives me a sympathetic gaze. I think it's normal at your age. At your age, don't you think so, sweetie? Is she trying to make a fool out of me? Oh, I've had enough. But I'm only 17, I say imploringly. I don't want any other teenager with hands like these. Just look. I take the candles out of my pocket and almost rub them in her face. You see? One in seven. Seventeen. Judy gently takes the candles from my shake from my shaking hands. Robin, it's not seventeen. Let me show you the right order. It's seven and one. Seventy-one. But but Oh, it never said seventeen. Okay, I thought at first it said, Happy 17th birthday, Robin, because that would have made a lot of sense. Someone must have just put the candles on wrong and... Dementia. Ooh, this one must be scary. It's called The Blind Child by you slash RV Coney. That's capital R, capital V, and then capital K-O-N-Y. The blind child. Stabbing. Wait. Stabbing. Sylvia pointed a trembling. F wait, wait. Stabbing. Sylvia pointed a trembling finger at my brother, Arthur. Her milky, unseeing eyes gleaming in his direction, and his wife, Agnes, trembled with indignation from across the table. My husband's face colored as he dropped his fork and dragged her daughter back into her, her bedroom, scolding her as they went. The rest of the night was awkward, and the pep in her conversation never recovered. 
Two weeks later, Agnes was stabbed to death in her office parking lot. An inebriated college student found her. An inebriated college student found her, almost vomited all over her, and called the cops. My brother swore that he bore no ill will against my daughter, but I could tell that he was lying. One day, the middle-aged woman who taught my daughter how to read Braille, Braille called me. Ma'am, I don't know what's going on, but your daughter keeps whispering electrocution, electrocution for the past half hour, and it's starting to distract her from her lessons. Could you please talk to her? I did. Sylvia, in her nine-year-old lack of understanding, told me, It was just a cool new word she learned at school. Death, death of an extra, uh, the death of an ex-electrician made headlines the following week. It was a freak accident involving tangled wires and a bucket of water. Sylvia's teacher's face was blurred for privacy, but her voice was familiar as anything to me. He was my partner. My soulmate. While my husband was working late, I called Sylvia into the living room. Honey, is there anything Mommy should know? She hesitated. Honey, you know you can talk to me. She it once more. I have no secrets from you, Mommy. My husband walked into the living room with his hair tussled and his eyes distant. Instead of rushing to hug her dad, Sylvia simply turned towards him. Fire, she said. My heart stopped. Every time Sylvia said something like that, it was a person's partner who died. And is that reason too? A fire? Was Sylvia merely making predictions? Or was she putting a cur on a curse on me for something in her business? I grew paranoid. Checked the appliances and the electronics constantly. Cleared the house of any fire hazards. That was my life over the next few days. All the while I kept my eyes on Sylvia. Sylvia. I'd grown almost hateful towards my own daughter. My husband came home one night, wounded and blackened with suit, while I sat in, in the living room. Sylvia listened to the radio beside me. What's the matter? He gulped. One of my colleagues, her house, her house caught in fire. Her house caught fire. She was trapped in, but I managed to escape. That turned the gear in my head. What were you doing in her house? The expression of on my husband's face was submission was sufficient emission of guilt. I have my mouth to speak. No. To scream. But a smaller voice beside me looked at me and whispered. Poisoning. Holy freaking crap! <laughs> I did not expect that. Okay, so this little girl is just making predictions. Uh, I've read three so far, so I think a fourth one wouldn't really matter. <clears throat> I don't hate my sister. Posted by you slash prophetic dreams trash. <clears throat> Give me a sec. <coughs> I don't have cough, cough, sniffle, sniffle.
I just have spit in my throat. And I was eating a lot of pistachios and my mouth is dry. <laughs> because of all the things I do to Renee, most people would say that I hate my little sister. I'm here to set the record straight. I didn't let Renee's cat out the back door because I hate her. Muffin's fine. I've been feeding him behind the shed. I don't flush Renee's medication before she takes them because I hate her. I was pretty panicked when I thought the toilet was going to clog, though. I didn't erase her biology essay because I hate her. She got to see the cute librarian she's crashing on anyway. I didn't unplug her sh cell phone before she left the house because I hate her. I unplugged it so that mom and dad wouldn't be able to call her. I didn't use the faulty outlet in the living room because I hate Renee. I don't hate my sister. The fire didn't kill Renee because Renee didn't have to go back for muffins. Renee wasn't sleeping due to her magic medicine. Renee was at the library doing her report. I didn't let her mom and dad die because I hate my little sister. I did it so that she wouldn't end up buried in the garden like me. Oh, this is like, okay, okay, so the top comment is, well, this is kind of wholesome, and I agree, this is wholesome ghost. Like, like, this is wholesome ghost. Short story, it's always recurring, like little dolls or something like that. Sorry, I jumped on my bed, <laughs> made a noise. <laughs> okay, one more, one more. <laughs> I promise, one more. <sighs> Maybe I'll read some stories from my creepypasta app later. And this scary story is posted by you slash. Cheetown, one two zero seven six. How to scare dad? My father is the scariest man I've ever known. When, and when armed with a bottle of beer, he reaches nightmare levels. Just the crackle of his belt, or the rise in his voice, was enough to make me shake like a leaf. Frick! This is bringing back bad memories. Do I have to read this? Yeah, thought so. <laughs> One night, while I struggled to get comfortable in bed from the bru bruises and sounds of my mom cry mom's crying, I hatched an ingenious idea to stop the pain and suffering. Scare Dad. Clearly, he just didn't know how his actions made us feel, but if I scared him like he scared us, maybe he would change his ways. I tried anything I could to produce some fright and scare Dad straight. I would hide and jump out at him, but he didn't even flinch. 
I place his toy snake in the toilet, but I'm, that only resulted in a beating for me. Finally, I thought of destroying his alcohol. I know that some people became, become scared when they be, lose something they love. So one by one, I poured my dad's bottles down the drain and eagerly related, awaited his reaction. I knew this would be it. This would be the thing to scare him. That night, I remember my father just covering the empty bottles and becoming angrier than I've ever seen him. I remember him wrecking the house. I remember him storming into my room. I remember his hands around my neck and me seeing black. Luckily, my planning and hard work that night paid off, though. Today, my father lives in, con in a constant state of fear. I'm always watching him, how timid and nervous he is at all times. Whenever I pay him a visit, his complexion turns a pasty white. His body shivers like I used to, and he breaks into a cold sweat. I scare my father so good, you would think he saw a ghost. Ooh. I sure hope you didn't hear that. Hey, it's not nasty. Everyone farts. Oh, the smell is though. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna cut this out. Bye bye.